Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. What is good, everybody? This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. You are listening to MTMV Sports. My team, my voice, your team, their voice. They got you covered every day, every time that you need it. Keep it locked. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with very little listeners. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. For Quiet Time with God, I want to talk about forgiveness. Now, forgiving people is hard. It's not easy at all. You know, um, I'm struggling to forgive people in my life, you know, but we have to forgive other people so God can forgive us. So forgiveness is something that is not just a gift to the person that that hurt you, but it's a gift to yourself because it gives you peace and gives you comfort and you can move on with your, with your life and actually, you know, start taking care of yourself and, you know, dreaming big again, you know, because you know, if you don't forgive people, it holds you back from what you want in life and what you want to achieve in life. So I believe that, you know, forgiving people is something that may not be easy, but it's necessary for you to move on and to be free. And it just feels like a weight is lifted off you when you forgive a person that hurts you. So I definitely want to encourage anybody that is holding bitterness in their heart or unforgiveness in their heart to let it go, forgive that person so you can be free and you can learn to really appreciate life, appreciate that person, you know, because that person's mistakes is couldn't turn out into something good for your life. You never know. You never know what people are going through or what, you know, they have uh, have gone through in their lives that made them, you know, do a terrible thing to you or or a terrible thing to someone else. So just wanted to reach out to you guys and just give you some encouragement and some wisdom because God loves us and forgives us. He's faithful. He knows everything we've ever done and he still forgives us. And he he's perfect and he still shows us grace and mercy. So we should show grace and mercy to the people that we see every day, that we talk to every day, that we love every day and not judge people because you never know what people are going through, what they've been experiencing in life in their in their past. So we just have to love them each and every day and be grateful for the people that are in our lives. So I just want to end it with this. Stay brave, stay bold and stay balling. Peace. Mental health check-in. I want to talk about five tips that can help you with your mental health. Now, this is from Brain Center Transcranial Magnetic Stimulation. That is the 10 tips of improving your mental health. I'm just going to give you five. The first tip 
is to really exercise. Get your body moving. And when your body moves, it stays in motion. A body in motion stays in motion, just like the law of gravity. So when you exercise, your body releases endorphins and improves your blood circulation to your brain. And it also just relaxes you. You can you can start off small. You can walk around the neighborhood, do some yoga, some Pilates. I've always wanted to try Pilates. So that is something you can do. Also, you can do strength exercises or you can do Zumba, which I love doing Zumba. It's so much fun. You get to do different dances and it's really awesome. And you get to do it in a group setting. So you get to meet new people. So I really do love Zumba. I need to go back to do Zumba. Hopefully we they still have Zumba classes at the gym. Also, the second tip would to be relax. Have some relaxation techniques. You can do some deep breathing. Uh, you can have a self-care day. Spend You just spend a day doing things you enjoy. Like I could do, for example, for me, I could do some drawing, some painting. Um, I can just... You know, you could binge watch Netflix. I mean, that's a self-care day. I I think that's a self-care day. Or you can just go around, you know, walk in the park or have a spa day. So there's many ways you can, you know, you can relax. Also, you can, the third tip is to spend time outdoors. You know, people who spend, there's a study shows that when people spend adequate time outdoors, they have better memories, they can lower their risk of significant psychiatric disorders and they have less anxiety and stress and they're more attentive among other things so there's plenty of ways to spend time outdoors you can just go outside and walk around the neighborhood or you can go through a nature park so it's really a great idea to go outside and not spend so much time indoors Because getting outdoors in natural light, listening to the sounds of nature, and even touching grass and trees will improve your mood. Fourth tip is to improve your diet. So eat healthy foods. You know, use um, people that struggle with their mental health. They like vitamin D, vitamin B, and omega-3 fatty acids. So you can take some vitamins that have omega-3 fatty acids, or you can drink more milk, or, you know, eating more vegetables, adding that to your diet, and also drink water, people. There's a lot of people that do not drink water at all. Dehydration is a cause of mental, of poor mental health. So please drink water, guys. I drink water every day, and it makes me feel so much better. And the last tip, number five, is to get enough sleep. Sleeping is important. You need to have a regular sleeping schedule, and having enough sleepless nights can cause cognitive impairment so that doesn't sound good your brain stops working (laughs) you know it just it slows down it slows the brain down and just getting enough sleep make sure you are not spending all day in bed and you avoid electronics before you go to sleep so don't be on the phone don't be on your laptop give your brain a break from all the electronics you can even take sleeping medication if you want to um just talk to a doctor before you do that and yeah um that is something that you can do those are the five tips that you can do to improve your mental health so that is all i wanted to say about you know improving your mental health 
just make sure that you are taking care of yourself, you're getting enough sleep, you're drinking water, you're going outside, you're sleeping well, and, you know, just make sure that your mental health is being taken care of, especially, you know, going through, you know, all this corona stuff and, you know, just being able to take it all in. Just make sure that you take care of yourself. Saints beat the Bucks 36 to 27 without their starting quarterback and their backup quarterback. Trevor Simeon had to fill in for Jameis Winston, who had to leave the game because of a knee injury. And it could be a season ending injury. So it came, it started off very dramatic for the Saints, not in their best favor. But they buckled down and beat the Bucks. So they definitely had a, a bad start, but they kept they kept going strong. Um Tom Brady, he had 375 yards and four touchdowns. And he had plenty of time to go down the field and kick a walk-off field goal. So but the Saints were like, nah, I'm not having it. We're I'm going to make sure that you don't win, Tom Brady. And basically the Saints thwarted any plans that the Bucks had to win. And it started with PJ Williams when he did that six pick that really started off the demise of the Bucks. It was on that second play of the drive, and they returned the ball for 40 yards. He made the touchdown with a minute and 24 seconds left to seal the victory. And it was just incredible. Simeon had six. He hasn't even thrown any passes since 2017. And he was the only active quarterback behind Winston. So, and Taysom Hill was out for a concussion. And Ian Book was inactive. So they had multiple players down. And the Saints did come back for a win. I I believe that, you know, they are a comeback team. They've always been the underdog. But they proved tonight that they could, they defeated a defending Super Bowl championship team. Just keep that in mind, guys. And it was just so incredible to see. Now, um... Sean Payton, Dennis Allen, and the New Orleans coaching staff, they should get an award, um, MVPs, because they found a way to defeat the Bucks with a third-string quarterback and a bunch of players. You know, people didn't even know that they were even on the roster. So Allen's defense was incredible. He forced three turnovers against the Bucks, and that, that turned the ball over for three times over the previous six games. So, well, Bucks have only turned the ball over three times. So that's pretty incredible. They made them turn it over a lot tonight. And Tom Brady was uncomfortable in the pocket. He was throwing two interceptions and he lost he lost a fumble in the game. So these are those turnovers is the main reason why the the Saints won tonight. And I'm just happy for him. I'm super excited. Uh, it's just, you know, it's still the regular season. So we can't get too excited. We can't celebrate too much because the Bucks still can go to the playoffs and beat them in the playoffs like they did last year. So they need to make sure that they focus, settle down, and definitely um, Simeon, he did his thing. He was able to get back in the game, get the Saints back in the game. 
Um, even though, you know, in the first half, Winston went down. So now, um, you know, the Bucks really need to make sure they don't do those turnovers anymore. Uh, don't get, let the Saints uh, get those interceptions or any team, really. It was uh, very surprising to see, um, you know, Tom Brady, you know, do those interceptions, throw those interceptions. But now it's uh, it's up to the Saints to really buckle down. Um, and, you know, Simeon even said that he did the win for them. You know, he felt bad for him. And, you know, because he's really a great infectious personality. He has an infectious personality. That's He was talking about Winston on that. And hopefully, you know, Sean Payton says that is a significant knee injury. So it, by the way it sounds from Sean Payton, you know, he may not be able to come back um this this season. So the Saints are five and two now. They're half a game behind the Bucks in the NFC South and they're gonna be hosting the Falcons next Sunday. That should be an easy win. And Tampa Bay is six and two. They have a bye week before traveling to Washington. So that was that's my take on you know the Bucks and the Saints game. Saints won. It's gonna be a party all over New Orleans, not just for Halloween, but for um, the Saints win. And I'm super excited to see where they're going to do next, you know, and, you know, next game, which I think they're going to win against the Falcons. So we'll see if they get to the playoffs and prove to the Bucks that they can win in the playoffs. That's that's the one that counts. So you got to make sure that they do that as well. So. I just want to end it with this. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate your support. And just keep listening, keep subscribing, and keep following. And I just want to end it with this. Stay brave, stay bold, and stay balling. Peace. What's up, my ballers? My name is Keisha Swafford, and I'm here with Dom Ingram, and he is the sports commentator for the ColorCast app. Uh, we're both on the ColorCast app, and I met him through ColorCast. Um, I love his enthusiasm, his energy when he's commentating on the games. makes me more excited to watch football. So I really wanted to see, you know, what his story is and, you know, how he became on, you know, getting on ColorCast. Um, so what inspired you to become a sports commentator on the ColorCast app? Why did you decide to get on the app? The app specifically, since the start of this football season, I knew, like, I, I've known for at least a year and a half now that I want to be a broadcaster. So for as long as I can remember, at least, you know, the last 16, 17 months or so, especially during the pandemic, I basically caught myself, like, any sporting event in my house, I would just, you know, get my phone, voice record, voice memos, and I would be calling it as it is. And I would always tell us, I would always tell myself, I'd say, man, it'd, it'd be incredible if I was able to get some feedback on this and try to be able to improve and see what other people are saying about this. So, you know, I just typed into the app store. I said, app, like sports talking app. And, you know, I play a moderate amount of video games. So like the people I play video games with, like when we're confabulating in the chat, like we're talking about sports, like we don't even talk about the games we play. We just literally talk about sports. And I said, you know, maybe there should be a different platform for this. So luckily I found ColorCast, you know, I searched it in the app store and the engine immediately gave me ColorCast. And I said, this is, this is something I definitely am going to love. <laughs> yeah. Um, I enjoy doing it as well. Um, one of my 
um, friends from the podcast that I do um, on MTNV Sports Network, they, her name is Venora. She introduced me to the ColorCast app and I was like, what is, what is this? <laughs> and um, I just was like, okay, this, I'll check it out. And um, they wanted us both to be on the ColorCast app, like as a co-host, but she decided she didn't want to like do it. Um, she, she did a little bit of it, but um, I decided to do it like, you know, just every week to get, to just get more comfortable and commentating on games and getting my knowledge up on sports and stuff. So I am um, so happy the ColorCast app was introduced because now, you know, I feel more confident in my, my commenting skills and it's grow I'm growing my confidence in it. So I'm, I'm excited about, you know, what else I could do with it. Um, and you seem like you're enjoying yourself. So um, I don't, I really need like, I guess, work on, um, I guess, collaborating more with other casters because you're on the leaderboard, aren't you? Uh, for it was like a hundred dollars, you can get a hundred dollars if you listen to your cast. Oh, uh, for the hot seat leaderboard, yeah, yeah. I didn't quite understand that at first until I read deeper into it, but I think it's just people who have been because when I started out in the app, I wasn't like I wasn't trying to be a caster, I literally just made my like my my fun on the app was one hopping into people's casts as the as the hot seat, and the second was just blowing up chats. <laughs> with yeah. like fun football knowledge and stuff so that's honestly probably the only reason I'm on that leaderboard is because at the very beginning like when I downloaded the app I think like three or four weeks ago I didn't want to actually call any games I just started hopping hopping into people's chats <laughs> oh cool so you never know what what you're going to um, get into on this color cast app so um what right. what attracted you I know you're passionate about sports and you said a year ago that you decided to be you know do it full time um, what attracted you to sports and out? was, you know, at a, such a young age. Uh, I couldn't hear that question. I'm sorry. It, it cut out. Oh, it's okay. Um, what attracted you to sports announcing at such a young age? Uh, I would say probably just, you know, whenever I got into football, like it's, it's, I'm a big sports fan, but it's mostly like 98% football, whether it be the NFL or college football, Canadian football, high school football, it really doesn't matter to me because they're all connected in one way or another. The players who I follow up with and chances are in high school are the ones who go to the college. And then, then if they don't make it to the NFL, they're going to end up going to the CFL or arena football. So I just, I just keep up with everything, or at least I'd, I'd like to think I do. I try to, but I love how the announcers and whatever the case may be, different games, different environments, they can capture the energy into one call. So like one great example that I think mesmerized me, uh, the late Rod, Rod Bramblett, I think that's his, how you pronounce his last name. The, he's the sports radio announcer for, or he was the sports radio announcer for the Auburn Tigers football team, among other sports. But he tragically passed away in a car accident in 2019. However, in 2013, of course, I'm sure you remember was the kick six versus Alabama and Auburn ended up winning the Iron Bowl for the first time since 2010. And it was incredible because that, first of all, that highlight itself with no commentary, that highlight itself is going to be, it's going to be immersed in college football highlights for the rest of eternity, for the rest of Earth's existence, for the rest of sports existence. But you can't look at that play alone without hearing his call and his call. You're not going to watch any other, any other commentator make a call on that particular play. You're going to want his call. 
So like if you're searching up because he's so passionate, like the I think verbatim what he said was, you know, he took it back 109 yards. Auburn's going to win the football game. You know, it's it's kind of late over here, so I'm not going to yell it. But he was so enthusiastic and it was incredible. And I remember I, I said, this is this could be something I want to do just based upon that. And even then, like the, the energy in the moment is still there. Like there could be an incredible I'm a I'm a Florida Gator football fan. So when I think the best the most viewed play I have from recent is probably the 2017 Hail Mary against Tennessee. I love watching that. Brad Nessler was on the call for that one. And I just love hearing him. I just love the reiteration of he's going deep and I mean deep and I mean touchdown. And he just couldn't believe it. And I say like, wow, if you make the right call on a certain play in any kind of sporting environment, then you can actually feel like you're reliving where you were when the play happened. Right. Yeah. Like they just reenact that moment for you that's a, I think that's really mm-hmm. the main thing about sports announcers like they're so uh, excited and passionate just like it makes you want to like okay let's see what's going to happen like I, I I can't wait you know to see what you know what they're going to call so yeah I think that really pumps up the fans um I know that you love uh Gus John- Johnson and Joe Buck have you adapted any of their styles as your own For Gus Johnson, yell as loud as possible and just have no filters. <laughs> That's what I love. So like, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, it's fine. I'm just laughing because I'm just thinking about it. So like when I started understanding the concepts of emotion, and I was like, I think I was, I was 11 when I started, like I was actually 11 trying to understand how commentators use emotion in, di- in different aspects of the game. But when I was 11, that was the, that was, let's see, 11, 12. May have even been 10. I don't think I was, though. So that was that was the 2011, 2012 NFL season, and Joe Buck was coming off of surgery, like some sort of nasal surgery, I believe. So he wasn't able to give, like, he just wasn't physically 100% there. So if you go look at some of Joe Buck's emotional calls now, because he, he does show some emotion, and then you go look at any game he called from 2011, he just sounded like he wasn't there, and, you know, he tried his hardest, like he did everything he could, but Uh you could just tell that he was still physically recovering. So I don't know if it was because of that season alone, but Joe Buck just had this narrative around the time that I was getting into football that he showed no emotion whatsoever. Like he just never shows emotion. And then I turn it on Fox college football. And then you have Gus like yelling every play. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to try our hardest to be like Gus, but maybe not like Joe Buck. And then after that season, you know, Joe Buck physically recovered hundred percent. And then he's starting to I think from 2012 all the way to now, he shows so much emotion, probably not as much as some of the others, but he still shows a lot more emotion than maybe what some other NFL viewers thought he was embracing. So now I have what Joe sounded like in 2011 and I have what he sounds like now. And it's just so much content. And I'm like, as long as these guys are showing emotion and having fun, I mean, that's, that's kind of the environment you want because in a way I feel like announcers they can control the atmosphere of the football game and they're not even on the field. They're not putting on any kind of cleats or shoulder pads or anything, but you can control what happens in this moment based on the way you make a call. So if there's a game winning touchdown with no time remaining and you want to keep your cool and just say, you know, Ooh, touchdown game over. Or if you want to like roll around in your chair and absolutely lose your mind, like Gus Johnson or (laughs) other amazing commentators, then you know, you want to live in that moment for sure. Yeah, I think it's, it's just it's, an energetic scene. 
I think it's better when they're more energetic and you, you can feel their excitement and then you get excited. You know, if you, you don't have any emotion, then you're like, why am I watching this? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think right. it, without, without the game, um, sports commentators and the announcers, it would not be ex as exciting. Um, so I just, you just made me, you just realize how important they are, especially like, we know, we know we didn't have a, a lot of fans, the fans make the games and the sports announcers make the games, especially during the pandemic. There was nobody there. <laughs> it was like so quiet. <laughs> I was like, Oh God, uh, <laughs> it was just so different. So I'm happy, you know, things are getting back sure, to normal. Sure. Um, and I know that you want to be the best uh, broadcaster, sports announcer in the history of American football, which I love that bold statement. Um, how do you plan on doing that? Like in terms of career, um, like just, in, you know, just, so I yeah, I just wanted to know, like, uh, I, I love the aspiration. I just want to know, like, do you have some kind of plan on how to do it, how to, you know, execute it? Most certainly I have a plan, but I don't know if I can in depth set in stone right now, like everything that's going to happen from like the moment I wake up today to whenever it happens in say 15 or 20 years. Cause I, I'm, I believe genuinely it's going to happen at some point just because of my, my willingness to adapt, my willingness to overcome adversity and my ability to just immerse myself in a culture and fervently study whatever it needs to for me to succeed. Uh, as, as for the plan, I mean, I still have to still have to finish up some college courses. Like I'm, I'm almost completely there. And then once after that, I guess start, start interning, but it'd be pretty cool if, if an ESPN commentator, somebody famous just happened to be on the ColorCast app one day and they just hear me screaming and then they'd be able to like, you know, tell me after the game, Hey, like, I know a guy, my guy knows a guy, like, let's get into talking. Like maybe not obviously with a job, but let's get you into the atmosphere like let's get you into the culture so you can you can start making your own kind of connections and you can start figuring out how this business works because ultimately I don't know if I necessarily have a set plan but I do know the fundamentals of what needs to happen and I have to be willing to listen I have to be willing to work extremely hard I have to find loopholes I have to figure out exactly how I can you know, set myself apart from everybody else trying to do the same thing. Journalism is a very competitive field. It's so competitive. I know. Like even more now because but like not taking shots at ESPN, but I, it feels like for the last four years, I read the same article about how ESPN's laying off people and then they end up going to Fox or they start their own. And then it feels like that could be discouraging for somebody in the field. But my goal honestly is just to never get discouraged. And I'm going to keep going until I'm not really in a position right now to quit what I'm doing right now because I love this too much. And when you genuinely love something, I feel like you'll never quit doing it if you genuinely love it. Yeah, I understand that wholeheartedly. Uh, journalism is not easy to get into. It's very competitive. Um, and I'm sure sports announcing is the same. Um, it's basically journalism, but, you know, on radio, I think. Um, but yeah, I think that... Uh, and, you know, you're going to make it, you know, you got to just got to be diligent. You got to be have like that can do attitude. You know, you're not going to quit. You just keep on having that positive mindset and you're going to make it because someone's going to see you. And it's all about networking. It's about who you know, because it's, it's not what you know is who you know. It's, it's a small world 
So you have to just make sure you, you know, do what you need to do and work hard and someone will see you. It only takes one yes. That's right. Um, and, yeah. Um, what keeps you um, motivated, you know, to pursue that dream? Like, you know, just keep going and don't quit. Because I'm not the best right now and I'm, I'm not even close to where I want to be. Like right now, I acknowledge wholeheartedly. I'm... So like my philosophy with this entire thing is that in life in general, and this may sound draconian, this may sound extremely crazy, but I have a personal policy where I'm not allowed to tell myself ever. I'm not allowed to say ever the, the two words, good job, because I feel like, you know what? No, I, there's always something I can do more. So like, I, I don't like it when people tell me good job. Like if I, I love constructive criticism, I probably drive people crazy with constructive criticism. Like whenever I do something, like it could be literally like something so minute. I want to I ask other people who are there with me, hey, what can I do to improve? And that's, that's honestly probably never going to stop. Like even when, I'm, even when I'm the best at what I do, even when I'm finally there and it's like, wow, I wanted to do this. And I'm, at that point, I'm probably just going to tell myself, okay, so now we have to try and break our own records. We have to try and improve against ourselves. Maybe at that point, we won't have to improve and we won't have to try and compete against anybody else. But at that point, you have to try and compete against yourself. So I don't think there's ever going to be a loss of motivation. Also, if there's ever a loss of motivation, maybe I should probably really evaluate like what I'm doing because there, there really is no excuse for a loss of motivation in this field. I mean, football is like, Football is like for, for, especially for people in the South, football is a drug, like the morale in the spring, respect to baseball and respect to college basketball and the NBA. Like, I feel like the March madness NCAA tournament, I feel like that is probably the atmosphere of like week one college football game or like a week two college football game. And to be fair, the week one college football games are usually enticing. They're pretty cool matchups. Like, as certain teams aren't playing potato state and you know water bottle university anymore <laughs> in week one like basically like bad teams like college basketball specifically the ncaa tournament may be the only thing that add, that can match the intensity of college football or football in general college football nfl so that intensity is never going to go away and they're going to need people calling it and they're going to and when i say they i mean people in the broadcasting booth, they're going to need somebody to stop. Someone's going to have to step up and be able to match the energy because the market's only going up for, especially after the pandemic, when fans weren't allowed in college football stadiums, the market for the intensity and the energy that fans are going to bring, someone in the booth is going to have to match what the fans are bringing in. You can't have 91,000 people to swamp in the University of Florida and then somebody who could be a, a librarian you know you have to be able to step up and deliver <laughs> right yeah you can't be all quiet and, and shy you got to go out there and, and give it your all you know you got to be really passionate right. about what you do and I think you are very passionate and you know it's just only a matter of time just keep working on your craft and you'll get it you will get it um and I know that you run competitively. Um, I know that there's a whole story behind that, but <laughs> what, whatever you're willing to share, um, I would just like to know why you started running competitively. <laughs> um, so the reason why I think running competitively, or the reason why I actually I know it works, 
I played football in high school, injured my knee. That didn't, that was an 18 month recovery. So if there's anything that could, that could probably amount to timeline, right timetable, probably an 18th month knee have or knee rehab recovery was close to that. So after I was done with football, I decided to play tennis, played tennis for you know two years in high school. I tried, I sacrificed everything. Actually, I'm for sure that I wasn't the best, but somehow miraculously made it to Marion and was able to play tennis there for three years. And then, you know, tennis was, wasn't looking very good. I acknowledge completely that in my third year, I didn't, I didn't give it my all. I probably should have studied more on the court, but unfortunately it's not the way it worked. And I told myself, okay, so I'm going to have to pick something now, but from, from now on, whatever I pick in life, it's going to have. So ultimately I chose one announcing and two running, like that was going to be my sport. Like it was non-negotiable at that point. Like I had to play some sort of sport. Like I had to go if I just, you know, stayed in the house all day and studied, but you know, I'm not doing that all day. Like I have to go out and I have to run and I have to be able to, you know, do it. Do it just keeps the mind flowing. And that's what I love mostly. It's so competitive and it's head to head and it's, it, you need a lot of mental strength to play tennis. And while I acknowledge that I most certainly have that, it's tennis sometimes can be out of your control. Sometimes. Now you do everything you can to win the match. You do everything you can to outplay your opponent, outsmart your opponent. But in running, you're just there. You, you control the tempo, you control the pace you're running at, you control everything, everything's on you. So like, I know many times where people lose in tennis and I used to have this attitude, but I, it was best in my best interest for me to stop. But whenever I lost in tennis, I think my first year, I would say things like, okay, well, you know, the wind wasn't in my, just a bunch of excuses. Like the wind wasn't in my favor. Like, you know, I can't play well against left-hand, like left-handed players because the ball spins differently. At that point, I, I said, okay, something needs to change here. So with running, you have no room for those kinds of excuses. Even if, if, even if you're running upwind, like you have it's basically your fault. no excuse. Yeah. If the wind's blowing, yeah, that's your fault. You know, you can't, sometimes you, you can't just turn around. Like you're going to have to figure it out. So yeah, that's to, why I, I think run. that's probably one of the best things. Yeah. I used to run track and, and cross country in high school and if you lose, that's just on you. Um, I, but I was pretty good at running track. I, I won first place. I was like, I ain't. I'm, I'm not going to run, run. I'm going to win. You know, <laughs> I, I, I like to win. I'm very you good at it. Sprinter. Or oh, I was a long distance runner. Long distance. That's my kind of thing. Yeah. They, put, they tried putting me at mid distance. Like, this is for like mid distance and sprinting. This is for the football players. These are for the running backs and the receivers. You can just put right. me on long distance. I'll run cross country. Right. <laughs> I will run for you like for a long time, but I am not going to sprint. I am not fast, but I can, I can outrun people. <laughs> uh, but it was, yeah, it was really That's good conditions for basketball. So, so I was good with uh track. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, running is is it's just you against you. So um, you don't have to worry about anybody else. You just focus on what you need to do, and uh, that's one of the best things about running. You know, just even for for fun. You know, you can just set your own pace. You don't have to compete with anybody. You know, you just do your own thing. So I think that's the best thing about running competitively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have two more questions for you. Thank you for just being so you know patient with me. And I'm enjoying this conversation. Um, for uh, like your favorite team, do you have a favorite team? Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> they're doing really great right now. They're they're hot. Um, do you think they're gonna be you know in the playoffs this year? If we keep playing the way 
the Raiders continue to play the way they're playing right now. Uh, so the offensive scheme hasn't really changed since the firing of the coach for very for reasons that I'm sure everybody knows if you're a sports mm-hmm. fan. But NFL reporters have stated that they're letting our beloved quarterback, Derek Carr, call the plays. He's kind of just running the offense. So ever since he started, quote, running the offense, then we've we've dropped – I can't remember. We've dropped 30 points at least in each of our last two games. So – the defense is improving. I mean, we've, we played the Broncos and the Eagles, so at some point there's going to have to be a real test to a team that's offensively offensively and defensively balanced, not just leaning maybe more towards their defense. But I definitely can see the Las Vegas Raiders going to the playoffs for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, I'm, I'm liking the, the Bengals, what they're doing right now. Tomorrow, but... huh? I said I don't know how far they go. Because, like, contenders yeah. in the AFC, like, the entire AFC West is competitive. Like, Raiders, well, Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs. You can not You can never count out the Chiefs. I know they're going through a slump right now. You can never count out the Chiefs. And then yeah. you have the AFC North, which is the entire division. It's Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. And, you know, as they go against each other, usually some of these teams even split when they're playing against each other. So now that's going to make it worse because against other teams out of their division and even out of their conference, they seem to win big games. Right. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what's going on. You never know. It's, it's unpredictable. So you just have to watch the games and see how, how it plays out. Um, and I just have one more question for you. Um, I think you already answered this, but do you see um, the, the Raiders being the num- number one contender in the NFL now, or do you think someone else should be the number one contender? The Raiders bias inside of me deep down wants to say that the Raiders are the best team in the NFL. However, I, I have to be somewhat realistic. The Raiders need to beat more contenders to prove they are contenders. So the Raiders played a game when, you know, when the team was still undefeated, they played a Monday night game against the Chargers the game was notable because one, the Raiders were still undefeated and two, the game was actually in a weather delay, but the Chargers playing a dome. So it was kind of like, wait, what's going on here? It's like a billion dollar facility, their, their new stadium at SoFi. But yeah, they just I, I don't think the Raiders are the number one team right now. They're going to have to continue to play. Hmm? No, they just got that facility. So I don't know what's, what happened. I I just don't know how you pay like billions of dollars for a dome. And if you play, if you pay billions of dollars for an outdoor stadium, that's fine. But if you pay billions of dollars for a dome, it better, like there should be no rain delay in a dome. And that entire ordeal with the rain delay itself was weird because they even allowed the ESPN, the ESPN reporters like doing your thing. And it's like, what, what are we waiting for? Right. I don't understand. Down the stretch, the Raiders are going to have to play teams like the Cowboys, the Washington football team. I mean, you can never count out the Washington football team because they are definitely talented. They're more talented, I think, than their schedule indicates. The Cowboys are top five easily, probably one of the best teams in the NFL. Dak Prescott's having an unbelievable year. Trayvon Diggs is having more of an unbelievable year. Mm-hmm. The Raiders are going to have to beat one of these teams. But there's going to be a national showcase, I'm sure, between now and then. But on Thanksgiving, the Raiders play the Cowboys. So oh, that's, that's there's good. your national showcase right there. Yeah, that's gonna be a good game. 425. Oh, I don't know if it's 425. I think it's like 430. So they like switch around the Thanksgiving games. <laughs> so uh it's I think yeah, so usually the games start at one, but on Thanksgiving, I think it starts at like 12 or 1230. And so then the next game doesn't start till four, I think. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see if the Raiders 
are going to be the number one contender. Um, but what you know, it's just you never know with you never know with the NFL. So we'll see. Um, is there anything you want to add or? Um, no, I think, I think that's it. Uh, really hoping the Detroit Lions can get a win soon. Let me just say that. I just watched an interview with their coach when I was, uh, studying film for all the NFL teams this week. And for whatever reason, I don't know how, but the, the Dan Campbell, the Lions coaches press conference was in like the playlist of videos that I set to watch for the Colts Titans game. I don't know how, cause it's not relevant, but the Lions are the only team right now, I think, without a lot, without a win, because Jacksonville won two weeks ago. Miami has a win. So the Lions are 0-7 right now. I'm really hoping they get a win because their coach is incredible. Yeah, Dan I hope Campbell. so, too. I mean, I think my, my brother is a Detroit Lions fan, so I hope that, you know, they get something, at least one win. And uh, I'm going for the Chiefs. That's my team. So I want them to win. I want them to go back to the Super Bowl and redeem themselves from that terrible loss last year. It just, it was so sad. Um, <laughs> but I, I am just hoping they get those, they'll stop fumbling the ball and stop turning over the ball and just play like they, they um, need to be, need to play. Um, so that is all. Um, I appreciate you, Dom, for just taking the time to, you know, be on my show and, uh, I just hope that, you know, you become the best broadcaster in the history of American football. And I, and then I'll be like, yeah, he was on my show first. So, you know, <laughs> um, so I just want to end it with this. So. Hmm? What were you saying? I said, I hope so. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Let's say, let's speak into this existence. It's going to happen. Um, I just uh, want to end the show with this. Stay brave, stay bold and stay bold. Peace.